it's our, our lives. lives. It's, it's an experience. experience. It's, it's the, the Queerians. Hello, people, and welcome to the Queerians. How are you all today? I'm great. It's beautiful outside. I'm your host. My name is Sarah, and I came here to slay. Today's episode is all about the Queer Arabs podcast. I am so excited to share their stories with you so you can hear all about what they do, which is elevating queer Arab folks within the community. They are awesome. The podcast is run by Ellie, Ahmed, and Aliyah. I can't wait for y'all to hear this episode, so stay tuned. And this is The Queerians. Hello, everyone. Uh, I just wanted to come on here for kind of a somber note today. Uh, there's been a lot going on in this country as far as attacks on abortion. There's been attacks on trans rights. Uh, we've recently heard of the murders of uh, five trans black women, Malisha Booker, Claire Legato, Ashanti Carmen, Dana Martin, and Michelle Simone. Uh, may they all rest in power. Uh, our love and our light is with their family and their friends. Uh, we hope that you all take this time to donate to trans rights organizations such as the Trans Latina Coalition doing great things for the trans community. I also urge everyone to donate to Planned Parenthood, the Yellow Fund, helping achieve abortion access for all. So with that being said, uh, let's get into this interview with the Queer Arabs podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy. So Ellie and I have been together as a couple for a while um, before starting this podcast and everything. And we actually met Ahmed around the same time that we started the podcast. Yeah, I think I, I, think I heard about the podcast. I haven't met you yet. And I messaged yeah. you just randomly. We, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I can't wait for it. But then, then I met you at a house party at like a mutual friend's house. And yeah. that's when I officially met you. I was like, oh, wait, you are the one doing the podcast? It was yeah. funny. It was a funny coincidence. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. when you wrote so us, totally I, didn't, I didn't even know that you were in Houston like we were. And so, yeah, yeah it was just... Neither did I. Neither did I because yeah. I didn't say, just said the Queer Era podcast yeah it just came on my like social media feed it didn't say like who or where or anything like that oh wow yeah and then we met at a party like not long after that so i guess it was just destiny it was destiny it was uh, you were all destined to be together exactly in life yeah Yeah. definitely so uh, what made you want to start a podcast for the queer arab population for that community well my darling here was complaining about how there was no queer arab podcast at all at the time and i basically said offhandly well we could do it and we sat on the idea for like what two months yeah something like that eventually we're like well let's do it so we recorded the first two episodes with like really shitty headsets and, and this mic. Terrible microphone, <laughs> yeah. And then we eventually upgraded to like an actual usable mic. Yeah. Ooh. Fancy. And yeah. And now we're just sort of like, we just ask people to come on and people agree. And it's really, really weird. People trust us. Oh, yeah. I find it weird too when people agree to come on here. I'm just like, oh, really? Cool. Okay. Yeah. I know the feeling. It's like you you're actually willing to talk to us. 
nice. <laughs> so you two are dating and you work together. We do this podcast together as kind mm-hmm. of a hobby, you know, like a side thing. But we have different jobs. I think it would be too much probably <laughs> if we like worked together. But yeah, we're a couple and we have this oh, podcast no. together. So yeah, I like that you call her darling. I think it's cute. Well, she I is. agree. Oh, I agree. So cute. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop gushing now. That's over. <laughs> oh. So, what are the main um issues that you bring up on your podcast? Ahmed, do you want to start like kind of describe yeah. on the Arabic side? So I feel most of most of the episodes have been interviews so far, so it's mostly highlighting somebody's experience. Just starting with them on like where did they start, where did they come from, where are they now? And most of the people we host have had some significant experience that it's somewhat unique to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we talked to one queer Arab person who went through the refugee process in Germany and he was like in these camps and through the whole process navigation and got outed and like it was just like yeah and uh, recently talked to a trans another trans Algerian person and that person was held in an airport in Malaysia like I don't know I feel like always talking to someone with a really unique and an insane story that's unique wow. so I always try to like to talk to people about what they went through and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah but I do have plans to like do episodes about topics and just about like historical events and Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I want to I want to expand beyond the interview setting because I don't want the whole thing to be just be interviews with a new person every um, every time. Yeah, and and I feel there is some value to returning to stories. So sometimes we may talk to a person and we can check in with that with with them in in two years and see what happened and where are they now. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 like a follow up and like what they're doing now since your podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is totally an original idea. I didn't learn that from This American Life or anything. Not at all. Totally <laughs> Not at all. It's on no. my own. <laughs> totally Hey, honest. you know what? Yeah. Imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery, so. Exactly, and it works for yeah. a reason, so. Yeah, and then on the English side, um, so Ellie and I co-host the English side of the podcast, so we do, uh-huh. yeah, so we do episodes in English, Ahmed does the Arabic episodes. So Ellie and I have talked to, similarly, similar to Ahmed, most of our inter- most of our episodes are interviewing people, so it'll be like, we talked to the same guy, the trans guy from Algeria, um, we talked to someone named Salim Haddad, who is an, the author of a book called Guapa which is a queer Arab centered book. We've talked to both on both sides. We've talked to the director of the Be- like Beirut Pride. And mm-hmm. th- that's just a sampling. I mean, we've talked to like um, personal friends of ours um, who are queer Arabs. Or yeah, it's like it's not everyone is doing something like grand or has escaped some dramatic circumstance. You know, we just talk to people because like one of the complaints I have about like sort of queer narratives is they tend to be controlled by Western white, usually cisgender people. And it's cool that they have that going, but I feel like there's always the danger that if people don't speak for themselves, they will be spoken for. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's always, there's always the, uh, 
the mainstream perception in some Arab countries that, oh, being gay or being queer is a Western thing, you know? And I think a lot of that perception comes from, yeah, like who are the big figures in the sort of worldwide gay liberation movement? They're all like white Americans mm-hmm. until recently, so. Yeah, yeah and, and the thing about people speaking for themselves is really interesting because some queer issues in Arabic speaking media is being covered, true, but it's being covered in a really short format. And like they have someone in there for five minutes or they have two people in there mm-hmm. and it's yelling and screaming back and forth. But like they never have someone there telling their story for an hour. They don't do that. And I think that's the importance of the podcasting format. Because at least you have time and people can speak, not mm-hmm. not bring in a queer person and get them yelled at for an hour by straight people and like homophobes yeah. and, and, and claim that as see, we are covering queer issues. Here we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. The total mainstream media will normally perceive people who are arab in a certain way and very rarely do we see that queer narrative so what was each of your experiences like coming out to your families um do i start oh yeah mine's the easy one uh (laughs) easy none of them are easy but go ahead (laughs) yeah i've known from a young age i was bi and trans uh male to female and so when I was very young, I tried to formulate things because I had some idea what what transition meant. And I was also very aware that I had to start early because otherwise it sucks the longer you wait. So I came out to my parents when I was 12 and then got yelled at. And basically my father assumed I wanted to be a prostitute and because I was the only experience with transgender people he ever had. Well, keep in mind, this is like 1990s. Oh, yeah. This isn't like trans people actually exist in like legitimate spaces and and have jobs normally. This is like trans people are lucky in America if they are not sex workers at the point of time. Mm-hmm. So came out, got yelled at, got put into counseling. Thankfully, it wasn't like some weird reparative therapy or conversion therapy. Uh, doctor agreed with me. We stopped seeing that doctor because of that and came out, got yelled at until I shut up about it. Then two years later, tried the same thing. Two years later, same thing. Two years later, I'm at 20. Uh, I'm in college and I started seeing a therapist on my own to deal with my depression issues and trans issues and finally get the hormone letter, go to the endocrinologist and take hormones and try coming out again and try and getting him on my side again. And finally they start listening because they finally see that I'm not like always moping and unhappy and you know, that this is making me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they also, they were, they were also like sort of okay with the bi stuff, but they didn't, but I knew they were also deeply uncomfortable with it. So like, I basically never brought anyone around or talked about my dating life until like recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. If you want to ask questions, go. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there is a lot to unpack. I mean, <laughs> that's very brave of you as a 12 year old person to come out. That's amazing. Yes also kind of stupid but you know i don't think it's stupid it could have gotten gotten way worse yeah but like to know who you are to be able to be yourself at that age that's admirable that's uh, yeah yeah i'm also so sorry i forgot to ask everyone's pronouns can we just check in about that yeah uh she her for me she her okay he is he is okay great yeah 
Sorry, I always like to check in and then I forget and I'm like, yeah, I need to carry my pronoun pin. Oh, nice. I like that. We we do the same thing before every, we try to do the same thing before every podcast as well. Sometimes I forget though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Um, it's important to normalize it, even if you assume everyone in the room is cis, to just get in that habit of like normalizing it on like job applications or something like that. Or, yeah, definitely. mm -hmm. Yeah. My friends and I were talking about what if we lived in a world where job applications didn't have like your name or gender or anything, just like your experience. Yeah, I like that. That's totally how it should be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Who wants to go next? Who wants to tell uh, their their story? I'll go. go. Yeah. Um, So I'm Saudi American for context. Um, I have a Saudi father and an American white American mother. And so coming out to the two sides was a different experience in many ways, but also like there was a lot of similarities. There was a lot of shame at first. I was I was just as afraid to come out to both sides of the family. When I came out to my mom, it was I think I was 19 or 20 and it was hard for her to process. She she never I I didn't have any issues of like disown anyone disowning me or anything. So it wasn't that difficult but it was also it was like okay my mom needed time to process it and over time my mom's side like I came out to other people on my mom's side and it went over pretty well with the ones that I knew that I was comfortable speaking to about it but then like when word got to some of the ultra conservative folks like I could tell that there was a little tension and Mm -hmm. I've never overcome that with those few people. On my dad's side, it's kind of a similar experience in that I knew who to tell, you know, like who I was more comfortable telling. And the pattern that I kept seeing on that side was like, I accept you, but do not under any circumstance tell anyone else in the family. So there was Uh, that specific element of shame where it's like, okay, I personally will accept you and will support you living your life, but like, we can't let this reflect on the family, you know, or like cause some reputation for the family. Yeah, so I'm, I identify as a lesbian and like, I've only been in relationships with women. So because of that, it's not like you can totally hide it for, for, you know, Mm -hmm. forever. So, um, so now I feel like some people on that side of the family know, but they haven't approached me about it. But I'm at a point now where I accept like, okay, there's going to be that handful on each side that I feel comfortable with. And I know Mm -hmm. that I can talk about that part of myself with. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When my mom started to get on board, uh, she was like, don't tell the family. And my father separately gave me that speech as well. Yeah. Now, in other Arab countries, are there laws protecting the LGBTQIA plus community? Or are there, I know it varies country by country, but that's yeah. something I'm curious about. Uh, I, I know Lebanon is making huge strides. There was actually a law passed very recently that was, it was initiated by a top military official, which is extra surprising and wonderful that wow yeah this military official was like homosexuality is not punishable by law it's not a crime so that was a pretty recent 
development and then Ahmed Tunisia, right? Yeah, so yeah. T Tunisia is also considering decriminalization of homosexuality, which I think is pretty close. And I think yeah. legally in Bahrain and Jordan, there yes. are no laws on the book decriminalizing homosexuality. So, so I think the range we are talking about in the Arab world currently is between homosexuality being criminalized mm -hmm. uh, like yeah. directly versus criminalized indirectly through like public behavior or whatever kind of laws that it's very vague and mm -hmm. can be used against people for any reason like in Egypt. Uh, to, towards yeah like in Egypt uh, versus like outlaw decriminalization of homosexuality I, I I don't think there is any laws that are like specific protections to the LGBT community do but you I think, think we are yet to see that yeah do you think America had anything to do with advancing those laws or did that no I, I think a lot of these laws there are a lot of but just because these countries are the situation legally and politically and religiously is different in each of these countries. Mm -hmm. So I think the process is just different in each of these countries. Like I think in the case yeah. of Bahrain and Jordan, just the case that they never thought about putting the law on the books that yeah. criminalize homosexuality <laughs> and they never did. And they're <laughs> yeah. not doing one. Yeah. And in Lebanon, yeah, in Lebanon, there is a colonial era law that decriminalizes I think the, the the part of the penal code is 536 or something, uh, and uh, and that that part of the law decriminalizes unnatural quotes unquote unnatural behavior. And now all these debates is what is unnatural <laughs> behavior? Is oh yeah, of course. Part of it, yeah. yeah. So so it's just uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a top down approach uh, kind of thing. It's it's really. It, it varies by country, yeah. Mm -hmm. And not all of these things have been enforced in a, in a robust manner throughout history. It's, sometimes there is no, like I've talked to guests from Lebanon who told, told me about Lebanon of the 70s and late 60s and how there used to be a gay beach and gay clubs and all of that and the laws were not enforced. Uh, oh, but, wow. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. And through the Queer Arab podcast, are you hoping to reach those people that are in countries that may not have that type of freedom to like be with their partner in public and yeah. try and like tell their stories as well? Definitely at least reach people and then let them tell their own stories and yeah. interviews. Like for example, in Saudi Arabia, I I will never, you know, like push someone, hey, you should be a guest on the podcast because I know the possible repercussions personally you know for yeah. that but like we have had a Saudi guest on and she she was awesome it, it's like okay we can approach people and you know if someone says no I'll just let it lie and there are other people who are very out and like public who we've kind of checked in a few times like hey would you do this and then finally yeah. they do it and it's it, you kind of gauge like how public that person is about mm. it and in like how you approach them. Like I know both Ahmed and I have had some guests where they're really public and out and stuff. And we've had to like nudge them a couple of times. Like, Hey, we really yeah. would love you to be on. And then they're like, okay, fine. And they're, <laughs> you know, it's just, if they're really busy, it 
takes some yeah. time to. Oh, so. no, of course. Of yeah. course. <laughs> and, and, so, and some people just want to be interviewed by CNN and they don't want to talk to Queer Air. Podcast. <laughs> oh, well, so their the whole thing is being they're missing out. Era, they are like, missing okay. out. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, they will come to us. They will come to us. <laughs> yeah. CNN sucks. You guys are way better. So. Oh, my God. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Ahmed, I guess. Uh, Ahmed, your also, turn. yeah, if you've got a coming out story, you owe us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to go back to that. So I came out to my family in 2017, like, I, I, so somewhat in the late stage. But, yeah, I came out, like, to my close family members and all of that. And that would, went very well. But uh, with the extended family members, I have a situation that's somewhat similar to Alia's. It's like... There are people who are like aggressive and, you know, confrontational and they're like, oh, we need to talk about this. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about this with you. I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. Mm -hmm. uh, I will yeah. only talk to you about what I choose to talk to. And there are others, I think they have an understanding, so they don't bring it up until they're waiting for me to bring it up to them, which is a good approach. So, yeah, but, but it's relatively, it was relatively easy. We don't talk much about dating life or anything like that. They don't try to set me up with, although I would be, I would encourage them to set me up with somebody if they choose to. But I think they're at this point they are like, no, we're not gonna, not gonna, we're not gonna do anything. They're not gonna not introduce gonna you involved. to a nice doctor or engineer. Ooh. I, they're encouraged. They're encouraged. Yeah. Ooh, you never or, know. Or, or, or a lawyer, a lawyer as well, because I'm open-minded. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so flexible of you, Ahmed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's what my parents say. They're always, they always want to set me up with like a lawyer or a doctor. And I'm like, no. Are they lawyers? Oh, no. I'm actually, I'm Jewish. Oh, oh there's yeah. a so lot of, have, have, okay. So you have there's a lot of similar family, family dynamics. Of, yeah. yeah. So oh, yes. <laughs> thought process <laughs> yeah yeah there's oh, so yeah. many parallels it's like the big like the family acts as a unit like they all have to have an opinion on something it's like yeah yeah <laughs> uh, we get each other so we were having fish one night at dinner and my mom accidentally cut hers in the shape of a heart my mom shouts out oh my god it's pointing towards you sarah you're gonna find love this year <laughs> It's a sign. It's a sign. I'm like, oh mom, God. the fact that you're telling me that and I'm a lesbian and it's fish has so, I could say so many things. Right oh my now. God. I didn't even think of that. That's amazing. <laughs> the fish. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you ever do a TV show about your life, this has to be there. Oh. Yeah. This has to be the opening scene. It does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my it. gosh. My mom would love that. Yeah. She's got some good quotes. Oh Both my. my my parents are very, yeah, they're, they're very white and very nerdy. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So, um, through your podcast, have people come up to you and been like, thank you for like doing this? Like when people like listen to it, are they kind of hearing themselves like in like a representative like media way? Yeah, I found that to be the case. We've gotten good feedback and like, Thank you for the representation and mm -hmm. um, and also kind of like what Ellie and Ahmed were saying. Thank you for having a space for us to tell our own stories. Yeah, so, which is so important. Yeah, 
We've gotten good feedback. I think all of the negative feedback, you know, like the threats and, you know, yeah. the stuff that you kind of expect. I feel like that happened at the beginning and then people got bored. Like those people got bored and moved on. But the mm -hmm. positivity has remained, you know. That's good. That's so good. Which was nice, yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to out of your Saturday. I don't even know what time it is in Houston. Is it? It's four. It's like, yeah, it's like four. four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pretty early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Thank you for yeah. having us. This was really yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll get to meet in person if yes. you're ever in New York. If I'm well, actually, we're going, <gasps> we're going to Pride this year. Oh, so yeah. we'll hit you up. We should try to meet up. <laughs> Yeah, the end of June. So like the last week of June. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a little yeah. nervous because it's going to be World Pride and there's going to be so many people. It's going to be oh, crazy. Yeah. So yeah. much. We'll, oh, yeah. We might, almost maybe we'll everyone need to do, I know, like, almost everyone I know in the world is going to that. So it is going to be <laughs> yeah. almost everyone <laughs> in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but maybe we can like get coffee away from the parade at some point. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I will eventually burn out on the crowd experience. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn Does it Pride have to be safe. coffee, though? Can oh, we have Brooklyn. drinks? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I'm saying, does it have to be coffee? It doesn't have to be coffee. It can no, be a no, kidding, different yeah. adult beverage. <laughs> 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 All right, it was it. so nice to meet you. You guys, you're all awesome. You I love are what too. you do. Thank you so much for contacting us. This is really good. By the way, if you need a copy yeah, of, of this of uh, thing, if like our audio cut out, we can give you a copy of this recording as well. We recorded our end as well. Yeah. Just you in guys case. are amazing. We know how it goes. <laughs> I love you. I love you. This well, is why you should only interview people with other podcasts. I know. <laughs> Um, we'll send you our track just so you have it in case you need it. Oh my gosh, you're yeah. amazing. All right, enjoy the rest of your day. You too. You Thank too. You. Thank Bye. you. Nice to meet Bye. you, Sarah.